chapter 1 tonight, Joshua chapter 1. There's uh, two books in the Old Testament where we get uh, a lot of leadership training. In fact, I've seen several books on uh, leadership training from two men in the Old Testament. One is Joshua and the other is Nehemiah. And I've read uh, several books on leadership and spiritual leadership from those two. Of course, there's Moses and others. But uh, in the book of Joshua now, we're going to look in verse 8, and uh, we're going to look at the rest of the chapter. And so we know that Joshua now is, uh, is replacing uh, Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead. And four different times the Lord says, be strong. And so and it uh, is very close, and uh, we see that uh, it parallels a lot, so many areas, with the book of Ephesians. But now in verse 8 of chapter 1 of Joshua, it says, the book, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions, or victuals, or victuals, as uh, King James says, for yourselves. For within three days you will cross over the Jordan to the, go and to, the, to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before the brethren, armed all with your mighty men of valor, and help them until the Lord has given your, brothers, your brethren rest, as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So they answered Joshua, saying, All that you command us we will do, and wherever you send us we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as, with, as he was with Moses." Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command him, they shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Now, Father, we pray that you will bless the reading and the preaching of this holy word tonight. Oh, Lord, we pray that you would make it alive in our hearts. We know it's the living word, but oh, how we pray, Lord, that it will change our lives by reading it, by meditating upon it, by obeying it, and by using it, Lord, as we would follow you. Thank you again for your blessings upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. So we have the 
uh, we have the uh, formula for success. Now, it's interesting, we don't see the Lord saying that to Moses. Why? Because Moses didn't have this book of the law. He wrote it. Now, we see now that God is going to use Joshua in a way where he speaks through his word much more than just face-to-face, although he does speak to Moses or to Joshua at times face-to-face. But um, in this, we know that the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter uh, 1 that uh, God used various ways in the Old Testament and and, in former times to speak, but now he speaks through his word. And notice what God does now with Joshua, now that he has the written word of God. He says, this word is not to depart out of your mouth. And folks, uh, whenever they got the Old Testament, then that word was not to be departed. And then when we got the New Testament, this word is not, this is the word of God. And so we want to know the word. We want to, uh, to meditate on the word and we want to obey the word. Now, of course, my old flesh doesn't want to do any of that. My old flesh wants to, to avoid all that. But uh, as we learn, as we discipline ourselves and we, so we commit our ways to the Lord, it's much like we see here where God says, okay, these people made a promise to follow God and now they're expected to do it. And so we see, first of all, in uh, Joshua, to be strong in the Lord. There's always going to be uh, in our lives a constant dependence on God. Now, they're go- they're seven years are going to go into a battle. That's a sustained battle, sustained campaign. And so for seven years, they're gonna, it's going to take them to possess the land. And folks, uh, whenever God tells us to do something, you can expect opposition. You can expect a challenge. You can expect uh, not the flowery beds of ease, but sometimes some, some real trials as you go along, there's going to be the Jerichos, there's going to be the long days, there's going to be all these different things that happen that uh, we must trust God. Now, so there's going to be the, the constant dependence on the Lord, but also uh, there's going to be the continual battles, and also there's going to be sometimes confounding orders. What I mean by that is sometimes God's ways don't always make the most sense, but they're always the right way. In fact, when you look at the Battle of Jericho, uh, Joshua sent, uh, sent spies in. He was all ready to go. Everything was all ready. And then uh, all of a sudden the Lord comes and says, no, uh, what you're going to do is march around the city once a day. And then on the seventh day, which is supposed to be the day of rest, you're going to march around it seven times. That's not something that, you know, that's going totally opposite of what God had said about Sunday or about the, the Sabbath. And yet, this is what God said to do. And you can imagine you know, what it must have been like that. You think about when they crossed the Jordan and they got on the other side of the Jordan, two major things happened. First of all, a million, over a million people, uh, close to two million people, if you leave the others on the two and a half tribes on the other side of the river, then uh, two million people all of a sudden didn't have manna anymore. And the manna ceased. And then on top of that, all the men were to be sac- uh, circumcised in enemy territory. I mean, you've got all kinds of things where the children of Israel were doing things contrary to common sense, as far as the world was concerned. But when it came to following God, we see that it all worked out, and it was all a matter of God giving the victories. 
We see also uh, in the book of Joshua where Joshua two times, of course, he's just, he's another one of people like us, but uh, two times he failed in his meditation and going to God in prayer. And both times in chapter 7 and chapter 9, uh, he had, it, uh, they suffered great uh, defeat or uh, confusion. We saw it with, you'll see it with the Battle of Ai in chapter 7, and you'll see it with the Gibeonites in uh, chapter 9. And so uh, Joshua wasn't perfect, but he learned when to fall on his face and get back up and keep on going. And so we see now that as he is going, that uh, first of all, in chapter uh, 1, verse 10, we see that then, I like that word then, I mean immediately, Joshua did what God told him to do. Joshua commanded that the officers of the people, notice he didn't go to all the people and say, let's vote on it, let's have a referendum, but he went to the people that had already been trained by Moses, and he said, okay, fellas, you're in charge, and I want you to assume command of your people. And he didn't give them a choice. Now, one of the things that happens whenever a man takes over 40 years that uh, he had to take over a man for 40 years, that the only people, the only leader that uh, Israel had ever known was Moses. Now he comes along, and he has to fill the shoes. I like uh, what happened, and I uh, think of Truman. When, uh, after the president had been elected four times, and had served uh, almost 13 years, or about 13 years, almost 13 years, we see that he died. And all of a sudden you got this little banny rooster looking guy from Missouri that uh, didn't have near the charisma, wore glasses. He was so nearsighted that he was legally blind. Uh, he didn't have uh, much of a reputation at all, except he was a senator from Missouri. And a lot of people kind of wondered how he got that. And yet he became the president. And he didn't even know that the atomic bomb was out there and, and because Roosevelt never even told him about any of this stuff. And he had all this stuff crashing down on top of him. Uh, World War II coming uh, and having to deal with the Russia, coming to an end anyway, and uh, dealing with Russia and Japan and Germany and all these different things that were going on. And uh, uh, he would have people that would come to him and said, well, uh, well, we wonder what the president would say. And he said, I am the president now. And he put that sign up on his desk that the buck stops here. And of course, that he gained a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, respect from his men because he's, I'm the president now and he stepped right into the shoes and he filled him probably better than his predecessor. A lot of people, I think he was more successful president than, uh, than Roosevelt was. Roosevelt, when his wife left the, um, when she left the White House, she had 12 moving vans take everything out. He and his wife had to borrow some money to move in. And so, you know, it's one of, those, one of those things where he just was not, as far as stature, anything like his predecessor. And yet he was a man who knew how to lead. And we see this with Joshua. Jo jo now, Joshua is probably a little different, though. He's a little younger. He was already a military uh, commander, and he had already won several battles. But he also, remember, 40 years before, he was outvoted. He and Caleb and two other or ten other men went in to spy the land. They came back, and what happened? Ten were bad and two were good. But they got outvoted, and of course, uh, uh, Israel got demoted for 40 years. They weren't able to go into the land. But now he is 
He's not voting on anything. He's getting with the law. And he says, guys, this is the way it's going to be. And so we see that, uh, he, and so we know that there were 12 commanders of the, or at least 11 of or 12 commanders of the army, or, or the um, children of Israel. And he says, then Joshua commanded, notice he didn't, uh, he didn't just say to them or take suggestions, he didn't, but they didn't vote on it. But Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, uh, pass through the camp. Now you go through your camp and command the people. You command the people. I'm commanding you to command the people. That's good leadership. That's good uh, um, you know, spreading the authority around. Prepare provisions or, uh, for yourselves. And within three days, we're going to roll. We're going to get up and move. Now, wait a minute. We, you know, we've, we spent a month uh, uh, mourning Moses, and you know what should we do? I mean, that, that, you know, that's a big city over there, and there's still those giants over there. He didn't notice. He didn't say a thing about the giants. He didn't say a thing about uh, about the dangers. He just said, "Folks, we're going to get up and roll. We're we're going to roll. We're going to get this going." And he said, uh, "And we're going to go to possess the land." So notice that that's the objective. That's what we're going to do, folks. Is we're going to possess that land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Now, God has said it, and for 40 years we've been dreaming about it, but now we're going to go and possess it. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. So he is objective, he is, uh, he is confident in his Lord, and he is very definite in his commands to his people. Now, he has one major problem here, though, because he still has ten, two and a half tribes over, and... These people, and of course, I like the way they say, we've always followed Moses toward the end of the, over in verse 11, or at the end of the chapter anyway. And we say, did they ever, they never followed Moses. But, you know, he knew who they were, just like the Lord knew what was in the heart of man whenever they said they'd, they'd follow him, and he knew better. But here we see that um, he said, remember the word. Now, notice he didn't say, remember what Moses said, or remember, but remember this word of the law shall not depart of your mouth, but it's the word. It's the word. The word which Moses, your servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. So he's going back through it. And if you go back to chapter uh, 32, verses 28 and 29, which we won't, but you can write that down, that is where God told Moses, and he brought, brought the, the priest up before both uh, these leaders of, uh, of the, these tribes that were wanting to stay over, in the, the Reuben, uh, Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and he made a solemn vow to them. If you will uh, follow, go over, then all this great uh, cattle land that you want to stay over on this side, if you will go and help the rest of the people possess the land, then you can come back and you can, uh, then you can have this land. It was a conditional promise. And so here we see that Joshua is fulfilling that condition. He is expecting. He is, he is, ex he is exerting his, arm, his authority, first of all, if you like uh, alliteration. But he's expecting compliance. He's expecting these people to do what they said they co were committed to do. And sometimes we, folks, sometimes we get the most out of people by expecting them to do what God tells them to do. But then we have to inspect it. But um, 
Again, though, we see that uh, he is very definite about it. And then he gets very personal about it. Your children or your wives, your little ones, your livestock shall remain, uh, which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed. You're going to take up your arms. And by the way, we're going to lead the way. You're going to be the ones who's going to pass before your brethren. So the commitment is, and everybody's going to see that you are armed and ready to go to war because you promised them that you would do it. And so he's, he's expecting uh, a compliance from these people and all your mighty men of valor to help them until the Lord your God has given your brethren rest. So there's the objective again. Until how long will it take? Don't know. But however long it takes, you are in it for the duration. And so, again, we see that uh, the battles are going to be there. We're not expecting a five-day war. In fact, I don't know how long it's going to be, Moses is probably telling them. But you have promised that you would, take, you, would, you would go as long as you would. Now, in doing this, we know that Joshua, I'm sure he had prayed about it. And he, of course, we see that he says, this book of the law shall not depart. So he had meditated upon it. And of course, the Lord had given him confidence, so as a result of that, he was able to produce. I like what Corey Tinboom said about meditation, about prayer. She said, is it your steering wheel or your spare tire? And when it's our spare tire, we get in trouble, don't we? But when we ask the Lord to bless us, and when we are meditating on his word, then we can be guided by his word. But if we don't know the word, then we can't be guided by it. We've talked about that on Wednesday night and other times where God many times because you've been exposed to the word because the word has been preached because you sing it because you've meditated upon it meditate upon it because God then can apply it to your heart and give you that verse or give you that promise or speak to your heart through his word in your spirit. And so if we're filled with the word if we're making if the word of God is dwelling in us richly then we can expect to be guided by the Lord. And so we see that God, and so all that he is doing here, he knew the word of God from Moses. And he knew exactly what uh, Moses wrote down and what the people promised that they would do. And here he's just, he's saying, remember. Hey, listen, remember what you promised. It's all written down. <laughs> and of course, it's from the, the, the word of the law, which uh, was that, Mo, that Joshua knew. And so he's just applying and he's expecting these people who had promised to follow the Lord Compliance. Now, in doing that, we see that uh, in we see that as he as they do this, we see that uh, now he enforces this uh, this compliance, as we see. And you shall pass before your brethren armed, and your mighty men of valor, and keep them until the Lord your God uh, has given your brothers rest. Now we know over in chapter four and five that uh, the number of the army that went over was around 50,000. Now, there was about 180,000 men of all those tribes. So obviously, the Lord had, they would probably rotate over those seven years, but they had to have their home guard to keep, you know, the wives and children. But uh, there was expected compliance, even in defending the homeland and, fear, uh, and defending the rear guard so that the, the enemies of the east would not, uh, whether it's Moab or whatever else, could not come in behind them. So there was, a, there was both the rear guard action as well as the people that were going before, but they were going to be very active 
in protecting uh, the children of Israel or uh, battling the enemies of God throughout this seven years of time. And so we notice now that uh, what happens is they answered Joshua and saying, all that you commanded us, we will do um, as we did in, with Moses, chapter verse 15 or 16. And it says, just as we heeded Moses, <laughs> that's a laughable thing <laughs> as we've looked at, in all things, so we will heed you. Now only the Lord your God be with you. In other words, if we, if we commit to following you, then we want to know that you are following the Lord. I think that's true with, uh, you know, husbands, if we're going to be leaders of our wives and as Christ is head of the church and we're expecting them to follow us, then they expect us to follow the Lord. And so we see that uh, leadership goes both ways. If I expect something from you as a leader, then you can expect something from me as a leader. And that's true as motherhood, fatherhood, pastorhood, you name whatever it is, a leader should be able to expect followers to do, and then the followers should be able to expect the leader to do something. And so we see that uh, this is what uh, the mutual um, situation here. He says, uh, but then notice what they do. I like this. Uh, they back up Moses, excuse me, Joshua. He says, whoever rebels against your command and does not heed his words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Now, Moses, the, Joshua didn't say that, but the people said, we are committed to the point that we will self-enforce what you have said. Now, that is the type of leadership you want to see where the ranks are so committed that they are willing to enforce their own laws. And uh, leadership isn't just getting people to do something. Leadership is getting people to do what they normally wouldn't do and liking it and making it a lifestyle. And so uh, we've talked about that with uh, raising children. It's one thing to make for them to make their bed. It's another thing that when they get a little older and they go to somebody's house where they don't make their bed, all of a sudden they appreciate the fact that, uh, you know, their house is a little neater than the, the house that they went to or whatever else. You know, whatever, you know, and of course, you say, my kid never makes their bed. Okay, let's get off on something else. I'm sure that you're good mothers and fathers. But, you know, whatever it is, uh, we, want, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, our children come along and uh, that they they appreciate what they've been tra trained to do. I appreciate so many of my teachers in the past, and so have you, uh, because they got us to like, or at least to, uh, maybe we didn't appreciate it at the time, but now we appreciate what uh, they did for us. And so this is exactly what uh, now is happening with Moses. He's passed on, but now we see that uh, Joshua takes up, and these people are willing, committed to the point that they were willing to self discipline themselves to do what God told them to do. He says, only be, and I like again, they are meditating on the word and they, they heard what God told Moses and what Moses told Joshua. And now Joshua has been told by the Lord four different times in this chapter, only be strong and a good courage. Okay, we're expecting you to be strong. Um, we're expecting you to be of good courage. A, a leader is not going to be able to lead if he's downcast. As someone has said, uh, you know, you're not, you can't sell something you're not sold on yourself. You know, so, so it is uh, in leadership. 
Uh, hey, let's go into battle, guys, even though we're all going to lose. Uh, who wants to follow a person like that? And so, but if you are, if you're going to lose, then we're going to make sure that uh, even if we lose, we have reason to, we have a reason to die on this hill for people who come along after us. And so there are hills to die on, but that's because we think it's going to be something that's going to, our sacrifice is going to pay for others. And these people say they're willing to put their lives on the line in order to follow the Lord. Now, in saying that, um, we see that God does something with the people. And in verse, if you turn over to chapter 3, we see that now God started working and Joshua was doing what God told him to do. And we see that God does come to Joshua. And in verse 7, we see that then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel that they may know that I was with, uh, as, I, as I was with Moses, uh, so I will be with you. You shall command the priest and the bearer of the ark of the covenant and so forth. So he is saying to them, you got a major challenge here. you got to cross the, uh, the Jordan. But I now, since you are doing what I tell you to do, I'm going to change the hearts of the people to follow you. And there again, that's the spiritual leadership you want to see. I can't do it. And uh, there's no way that uh, any of us can. And that's why we pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will bring forth laborers. Now, in saying that, we see that, uh, that, that a couple of other times we see that the Lord tells Joshua in chapter 5, um, I didn't mark it very well in this Bible. Sometimes I study for two different Bibles. But uh, another time where we see that the Lord has said, on that day, the Lord Jesus, or that the God, exalted Joshua in the eyes of the people. And so we see this is what we want to see in a church. Uh, I think many times, uh, once a pastor has lost his position, maybe because of sin or compromise, then many times his ministry is over. It's time to, to seek something else. Uh, same way with leadership, when people lost confidence in the person. But it's amazing how that many, many times, now that's not simply saying that simply because somebody or the whole congregation gets mad at you, that it's ready to leave. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying it's interesting how that even in my many times and struggles in the ministry, there's always somebody, when I feel like I'm starting to doubt myself, uh, someone will come to me and say, Pastor, we're with you. Or, Pastor, we know that what you're trying to do is right. And that's saved me in the ministry so many times. And yet, we know, but I do know men that they've lost confidence, or the people have, and sometimes it's because of their own situations. And again, we're all, in the same way, I think of, uh, I've, I know this because I'm a Navy guy, but uh, Every once in a while, there's somebody who gets relieved of their command. In fact, I was on an aircraft carrier for a couple of weeks uh, out in the middle of the Gulf uh, you know, on a kind of a reserve cruise. And in the middle of those two weeks, the captain got relieved of his duties because of uh, his, there were a couple of major mistakes that he made. And I never forget, they got on the ship's television and the admiral came down and just said, we're relieving him. And so everybody was watching it. And because people had lost their uh, ability in his command, both the higher-ups and the low, uh, lower. 
But uh, oh, that God would use us. And that, uh, yes, he moves us on sometimes by that. And yet at the same time, I'd a lot rather be moved on because I, not that I failed, but that, uh, or that you failed or whatever. And by the way, I'm not planning on doing anything, folks. So this is not a preparatory message or anything like that. So if, you, if you've got any plans, please let me know. But, you know, as far as uh, that is concerned, but we see that God is the one who raises up and casts down. You can have the greatest leader, but if God hasn't brought followers along with them, then uh, he's not going to do anything, and vice versa. And so we see the great leadership that God says, you follow me, and I'll change the hearts of the people. And also, not only that, but I will put fear in your enemies' hearts. And we see that's exactly what God did, even back as far as Jacob. After Jacob really blew it with his family and his family just, he, the, 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 uh, Levi and Simeon went in and just wiped out a whole uh, town. And uh, we see that uh, uh, Jacob fell on his face just wondering what the world was going to do. And he says, fellas, we're going to get back up and we're going to go and we're going to worship God. And so they went back to Bethel. But the Bible tells us that God put a fear of all the enemies. Instead of wanting to uh, revenge, they had a fear of God's people. Because it wasn't because of anything Jacob or it's been. In fact, they, they deserved to be attacked at that time. And yet God put a fear in the enemies of, of God's people because they were following him. Now, why is it that, um, is God protecting us tonight? Aren't you glad that uh, most of us are not, don't even think about our house right now as far as how God is protecting our house? You think about uh, our protection as we go to work tomorrow, all the different things, how God is protecting us, let alone promoting us and blessing us. And so we see that uh, everything depends on God. Our, everything we have, whether it's our health, our well-being, our people around us, everything that we do, really when you think about it, life is a battle, isn't it? You're always battling something. There's always a challenge. And we see that, uh, that, Moses, or that Joshua was told that you just follow me and whatsoever you do shall prosper. If you'll follow me, then I can even make the bad things prosper in your life. Can we really, really believe that? What did, what did God tell us in the New Testament? That all things work together for good to them that what? Love God. And if we love God, what will we do? Keep his commandments. But all things work together for good to them that love God, to the called according to his purpose. And are we called? And does he have a purpose in our lives? All those things work out so we can know that, uh, yes, there's going to be trials. There's going to be the Jerichos. There's going to be other big battles. And yet, God is on the throne, and he knows how to protect his own. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you medit- shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do all according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have great success. Is that why we want to be successful Christians? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, many of us are in battles today. They've been going on for seven years or longer. 
And yet, Lord, we pray that uh, we would sense that you're on the throne, you know what you're doing, and you lead us. And Lord, you, you make us veterans of the battles that we know that from the past victories of what you can do in the future. So bless your people, Lord. Make us prosperous servants and soldiers of, your, of yourself. What we've committed to you, may we do with all of our hearts. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.